Imagine that. Bazinga. Wow, it still didn't make you laugh. Oh, it did. Wow, <laughs> wow, you got a monkey brain if you uh, laughed at that. No, I I laughed because I've never heard you say that word before <laughs> in in my life, and it was it caught me off guard. That was the that was the test of our friendship. Actually, I was gonna say if Cameron laughs, it's over because <laughs> I didn't. I don't. <laughs> that's not even a good joke. It's not a good joke, but I I'm I was more confused than anything. So the. Co- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I guess we should just start the show at that point. I, I'm sure you don't want that included, but I'm really considering leaving it in. I think that's that's fine with me, honestly. I mean, you'll we'll hear you clapping, but you know, whatever. I don't care. I am an editor. I can fix anything. All Hello right. and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is Witness for the Prosecution, directed by Billy Wilder, starring Charles Lofton, Tyrone Powers, and Marlene Dietrich. Isaac, you're really excited to talk about this movie, and so am I. So um, I am ready for it, but first and foremost, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing doing very good. I'm pleasantly surprised with this film, Cameron. Give a little context, because we got movies, like, switched up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was a little, um, I was considering like three different movies for this week. Um, we shuffled around like where this week was supposed to be in the order. Um, and so that meant I was like, okay, I want to do like a mid fifties Wilder movie, you know, either early fifties or mid fifties. Typically if we hadn't done it already, this would have been Sunset Boulevard. That's what I would have done. Um, but you know, we already did Sunset Boulevard and whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, so instead of my in instead of what we were going to do this week, uh, which was some like it hot, which we'll do next week, we uh, decided to do you know one of these these films, and I was it was a toss up between these three movies, and Witness for the Prosecution was one of them, uh, but so was Ace in the Hole, and Ace in the Hole was the one that I had decided on in my mind, but I had texted Isaac witness for the prosecution and i it was it was totally my mistake i i i messed up but i said um isaac watch witness for the prosecution and in my mind i told him ace in the hole and so i watched ace in the hole yesterday uh and then we got together and i realized wow i think i told him the wrong movie i did not mean that and uh as it turns out isaac really loved it so you know it was, I guess. Yeah, it was a moment in God's control, let me just say, because <laughs> this movie, like, I have no idea what it is. I, don't, I bet you most people that listen to the show have never heard of this film. Like, uh, uh, I'm sure they have. Maybe, like, those who are very into the film lore, right? Like, I'm well, the casual on this show, so it's like, I don't, I don't know too much about it, but I was shocked, and I was like, Cameron, we're not doing Ace in the Hole, we're doing this film, and you hadn't seen it either, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I don't I don't know how much context we're gonna have. Uh, I don't know how much research you put into it because you are the expert of the show and all that. But yeah, I have a bit. I mean, the 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 really one thing to note about this movie is it's based on an Agatha Christie short story. So um, you know, Agatha Christie is a well known mystery, you know, murder mystery novelist. Um, she wrote many many things in her career that have been turned into movies. Uh, for example, uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Um, and this movie was the first movie that was based on one of her her stories that she actually liked. 
Um, so that's, <laughs> you know, to give you some context on like how faithful it was to the to the original um, short story. I'm not sure if it was faithful altogether, but it definitely was um, one that she approved of, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know we're diving straight into it, which is not normal. Um, but Cameron, I've been out of town this week. We've been flipping movies. Our schedule's been whack and we're not watching the same things. I want to get into it, but how have you been doing? Uh, pretty good. It's been, like you said, kind of a weird week. It's been a little hectic, but you know, that's all good. We, we had three different recording dates this week. Uh, yeah, and we... it's, it's on me. It's <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not even because we, you know, it was just busy. It was a is a busy weird week. Um, other than that, I haven't really been watching much. I've kind of been I've been playing a lot of control. Actually, that's what I've been doing most nights. Um, so I'm just I I'm kind of doing it meticulously. I'm going you know getting all the all the little collectibles and like reading through all the things i like the atmosphere it really reminds me of um you know i don't know it's got like unsolved mysteries vibes it's got um it just it just has an interesting atmosphere i would say so if anybody has not played control yet go and play control i hear it's been unstable for some people like not running well but for me it's been running great so what are you playing it on on ps5 See, you just derailed the conversation, Cameron, because we're supposed to be talking about movies. But I do think Control has an ounce of like cinema touch. I played totally the intro, and it feels like, like I guess if you're looking from a more modern, casual perspective, like the the corporate building, federal building, and like Stranger Things. Like, imagine if like this whole psycho journey goes down in there, and it's very. I I found it super engaging. I I loved my short time with it, but. I played it on the old consoles where it was like garbage frame rate. So yeah, not not um, not running well. Yeah, it plays fifty or sixty frames per second on PS Five. So I've been having a good time. I hate you, dude. I can't believe you <laughs> got one. I can't even. I'm like I I've almost given up completely on trying to acquire one at this point. So. It's getting more and more available. I would say, but not still not widely. But yeah. yeah. Well, lucky you. Lucky you. I have not been watching much, but I did watch Ratatouille uh, the other night. It is a very weird film because, you know, Rats in the Kitchen, it's not good. But you can really tell that I think the creators of that movie just have this fun, like, backhanded sort of spin on, like, kitchen life in France. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know. Like, it's I, I was noticing a lot of things that I just didn't recognize at all like very clear um mechanical decisions in the animation that i had never picked up on just the over exaggeration of people's like um complexity uh, from the humans perspective but the rats look pretty normal which i thought was like a very um fun like like there there's small variation between the rats but like the the humans most definitely look very like uh, just strange the the critic um what's yeah. his name egon e- egon something yeah ego his last name's ego yeah um but it's uh like his name is like a is like a joke in and of itself when he's introduced it's like too much ego is like or or something like that his character name and i was like wow i never even noticed that but yeah the movie is really fun 
um oh, Pixar. Anton Ego, yeah. Yeah, a ton name. of ego, right? Yeah. So <laughs> uh I, I thought it was I thought it was really, really cool. Some of it is just like it's interesting about some of those um animated films is they try to execute like the explanation at the end. And it's like, oh yeah, like you know, everybody just accepted the fact that 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 he was a rat in the kitchen. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I don't think I don't think it would go down like that, you know? And there's the touch of realism when they close the restaurant and all that stuff and the inspector gets out and yeah, it's I mean, who who hasn't seen it? But it's still worth going back and, and really appreciating the time and effort that went into some of these animated films. Like there's just so much attention to detail in every frame. So Yeah, I genuinely love um Ratatouille. It's maybe one of the it's one of the Pixar movies that I think about the most, um, just like in in everyday life, I guess you know, because when you're cooking, you, I always think of the the montage scene of them like her training him how to cook and whatnot, and it, pull, pull your sleeves in, <laughs> you know, and it, it's like it's a lot of uh, I don't know, it's a movie that that I come back to and uh, think about or reference a lot, and the soundtrack is just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous, yeah. Other than that, I haven't I just a little bit of TV like here and there, but nothing completely out of the ordinary. We have a movie to talk about, but this is Cinema Spectator. We always review great movies of the cinematic canon, or maybe you beg to differ. I'm not the expert. Cameron is, and he's hosting it. You can support our show at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions, throw a couple dollars our way, get access to a commentary track over a film. We've even been experimenting with just sort of a bonus episode that's over a film. Uh, last month we did Empire Strikes Back with my brother, who's been studying um uh scoring films so we talked about like the power of of movie scores and all that if you want access to that it's just at the one dollar level on patreon you can also claim your ability to ask questions on the show and all that good stuff get your name read in the credits if you don't have a few dollars it's all good you can give us a rating on itunes and uh that really helps the show grow tell friends and family and I'm done shilling. Let's talk about this movie. I'm excited to do it. I'm, I have one more thing to shill. We have oh, yes. been oh, putting yeah. our, our our episodes fully with video on YouTube. Um, and that's at our channel, ECFS Productions, I think. That's it. Yeah. ECFS <laughs> um, Productions. Yeah. So we have been putting it all there. Uh, it's been fun to kind of just, you know, put it up on a different platform and in video format. Totally free, you know. Go and watch that, support that. Uh, uh, like, subscribe, sub- subscribe, all that stuff to the Smash channel. Smash that like button. Hell it's yeah. It's right down there. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't know. Um, we're, we're experimenting with video, and it's not completely ironed out. We're, I mean, honestly, like we're, I'm sh- we're both shooting on webcams right now. So uh, it's new to us in podcasting. We've been audio only for long enough. So give us a little bit of grace if it's not the most visually entertaining thing you've seen. But we're getting there, and we're just giving it to you for free to the people. Also, it's just a podcast too, so like, you know, I I watch a lot of podcasts on YouTube, and most of them are just like blank or they're you know just someone's webcam, like you said. So it it I I like it because there's an option there. You know, you can if if YouTube is your preferred platform, you can watch it on YouTube. So there you go. Yeah. And make sure to smash the like button. <laughs> okay, uh, witness for the uh, prosecution. Here we go. I'm. I feel like I'm becoming a Billy Wilder fan. It's not often that I just reveal my cards early on, but I'm excited about this film. I want to spoil this film, so if you don't want it spoiled, we will warn you. 
halfway through. We got to get into the great reveals uh, at the end of this film. Uh, I and know, yeah. And um, it's funny, before you before you go into that, I guess, um, did you notice, so when you watched it, you rented it on Amazon, right? Yeah. Okay, so did you notice at the end, there was a, a little thing over the credits? There's like a, did you, did you get to that part? So it says the management of this theater suggests that for the greater entertainment of your friends who have not yet seen the picture, you will not divulge to anyone the secret of the ending of witness for the prosecution. I wonder if that's like, is that still held up as one of the rules? Cause I think we're going to break it. It's, it's not, but it was like, that's what they originally, that's what United Artists originally put in the end of this movie when when it was shown in theaters, which is super cool. I love that. Um, I feel like I can't think of any right now, but I feel like there have been examples of that, uh, like more modern examples of that. But that's definitely one of the most famous examples of a theater being like, hi, don't spoil this for anybody else. Like, don't tell anybody the secret. So um, that's just a fun little bit of trivia. But let's get into the movie. Oh, I was going to say, actually, before... Now, by the end of this month, you will have watched six Billy Wilder movies. He's a pretty prolific director, so he has he has quite a bit of movies. We're not going to watch all of them, obviously. But you will probably be more well-versed in Billy Wilder movies than, like, I would say 98% of the population. So <laughs> um, how does it feel? I mean, I'll ask you later, but it will. how will, how will it feel to be an expert on Billy Wilder? Because you will. I... I don't know. Like, I still feel like I don't um, have a really big grasp on him. We did a uh, Scorsese month, and I think it, by the end of it, I was like, I I feel like I could hang out with Martin Scorsese <laughs> and just, like, love being with him. You know, like, I was yeah. like, I would be, like, totally into what he was making and what kind of his perspective on things were. So far, my interpretation of Wilder is, like, his extreme detail in character right yeah how much he love you can tell he has a love for um just humanity's quirks i guess is probably the best way of of putting it and that's about as surface level as i've gotten with it so far um i'm intrigued i i appreciate like a perspective like that i enjoy it and i think the reason i'm so psyched about this movie is because this film starts with um, Wilfred just knocking it out of the park with his performance. Like it is, it is so captivating to watch it from the beginning and it's hitting all the things that turn me off usually, right? Like black and white movie old, like, you know, stuff, stuff like that. But all like it caught me so quick from the beginning with, with uh, Wilfred's performance. And I'm like, I just got to talk about this movie. I got to, I, I want people to watch it. Like it's totally, it's great. So you can, you can uh, give a little bit of an intro, but does that sort of answer your question on where I'm falling with uh, yeah. Wilder? I'm going to ask you again, once we've seen all of, all of the movies that we're going to see. So um, I, as you know, he's one of my favorite directors, maybe of all time. And he's someone that I could uh, gush about endlessly. So it, it'll be exciting to have another person in that company. Um, for me, so you've converted one. Finally. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. Well, Witness for the Prosecution is an interesting movie. It follows a uh, British barrister who's basically like a lawyer um, in in England. Uh, it follows a barrister as he he um, as he 
defends a client from uh, being charged with the murder of an old woman. Um, and as it goes along, you know, there's there's various twists and turns. It's an Agatha Christie, um, you know, an Ag- Agatha Christie property. So you you know that there's going to be some twists. But really what's important about the movie and what I think is really fun about the movie is Charles Lofton. He plays sort of this um, grumpy, ill-healthed uh, British barrister who is the funniest character you've ever seen. He is like genuinely... He says things that are sh- would be shocking in a movie today. So, like, imagine <laughs> a movie in in 1957. You know, he says he says things that are like that are like genuinely um, like la- like actual laugh lines. You know, um, and so he's he's extremely funny. He has this sort of back and forth banter with his nurse, uh, Miss Plimsoll. Miss um, Plimsoll is very uh, sincere and. And very, very much wants wants him to take his medicine, and he is putting up a fight doing it. Um, the person on trial is Leonard Vole, uh, and he, you kind of have the feeling that he is just a sincere guy, caught off guard by this, uh, you know, this terrible thing that's happened to a friend of his, um, and. Throughout the movie, you get this idea that he's kind of been run around by everybody. Uh, everybody he's he's been around, you know. So, um, and then his wife is played by Marlene Dietrich. Um, Marlene Dietrich also played in another movie uh, Billy Wilder directed called uh, A Foreign Affair. She plays sort of the. Um, it takes place in sort of the late late World War II, um, and she plays sort of like a, a high up. Nazi mistress and also the love interest for the main character, which is very interesting and very scary because she plays, um, I don't know what it is about her, but I find her terrifying just whenever she's on screen. Um, yeah. Is there anybody else I'm missing? Just a, a, a little overview of, of sort of the characters and the, and the scenario. I would say it's kind of hard to give, a more detailed look into this movie without spoiling it. So um, with that being said, let's... Yeah, I think, I, I mean, maybe we can dive into some of the supporting cast and their performances, but I, I totally think what you're saying is it just rings true, right? Um, Marlene uh, Dietrich, she is like, just embodies like this evil force in the film right like you just you just don't trust her and they even like uh wilfred in a in a portion of the trial talks about how it's like well right now like they don't trust her and they don't or they don't like her but they trust her do you know what i mean like there's that that great line where it's like yeah you know they're, they're like they don't they don't oh, it was they don't trust her but they believe her right right exactly like, yeah they, they think that she's telling the truth but they also don't like her at all because she does seem slimy i mean she seems yeah. she even you know in her testimony she seems like she's she's uh like he says a chronic liar you know and in her in her um like first appearances as well she's already spinning everything you've heard from the beginning in a different direction, right? And she has like this sharp sort of anger or bitterness in her performance. And it's 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 great. Like she is you're trying to figure her out. She's a little bit of that uh question mark throughout the film and and she keeps your interest through it all. She's not a character that is 
um, obnoxious to watch, more mysterious and maybe frustrating in sort of a like competitive way in a sense, like as a viewer, right? You're like, man, what's the deal with this person? You know, like I, I want to figure it out. And I think Wilfred being entertaining to watch also embodies a voice for you as an audience member where he really brings it to her. Yeah, what can I say about Wilfred in this film? Like he is just hilarious. Like you're totally right. There's a there's there's a modern feel to the dialogue of this film despite its age. And I know that's what we mentioned way back when we reviewed Sunset Boulevard, right? Is that there was a there's this timeless flow to the conversation. Um, but Wilfred, like, it almost feels like he's breaking the entire film when he speaks, you know? Like, he, his, 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 his presence is, like, um, someone so familiar that you've known, you know, but also, like, strangely powerful to everyone around him in the film like everyone believes his existence and so i don't know like it's it's very hard to nail but all his bits with him trying to get you know whether it's like alcohol or cigarettes when he's not supposed to or it's just like it's so entertaining to watch and he has the right to be like kind of cocky in his um in his demeanor because he is successful. He is clever. And even the nurse towards the end of the film in his performance as uh, whatever the British version of lawyer is, right? She's even rooting for him because he is so um, exciting to watch defend uh, Leonard Vole, who is quite charismatic, charming, like oppositely to his wife, right? They said, um, they, what was it? Like, they they trust him but they don't believe him right or yeah. you're right right so that's like a, a cool like kind of um what is it like yin and yang like yeah between the two characters definitely um yeah i think i think vol does a great job as the charged um person that needs to be defended and very sympathetic and I, I love how all the characters begin to comment on that as well, including his wife, but the other people around him saying like, oh, you know, like every girl is going to fall for him if he had like 10, um, what was it? like? That's 10, what his wife said. Yeah. If, yeah. He, if the if all, if all the jury was made up of all women, you know, they'd be carrying him out on, a, <laughs> right. on, on their shoulders or whatever. Yeah. So there's this great dynamic between very strong round characters uh, in the middle of this trial and the supporting um, cast is there to almost eat popcorn and enjoy the experience while also serving their role. Like there are small um, interactions with the inspector and you get like this brief history between Wilfred and the inspector and how Wilfred's like, I always trust your non-biased um, remarks throughout the case and i and i can work around that as like someone who's defending someone else or um uh janet mc something mc something on this document of course her name's not on there fully but the the maid lady that doesn't have the hearing issue <laughs> mackenzie she's hilarious yeah. she's um, so funny yeah and yeah, she's like the the old scottish maid who's like who's really hates um you know she hates Leonard Vol, but from what you can see, it 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 
has something like she's hated it was like an instinct you know she's yeah. hated him from the very beginning first time that she brought <laughs> uh, that that he brought that egg beater to her kitchen you yeah know? the first time she was she was not a fan and and that's something that that you know Wilfred comments on and he makes a a good case on that you know hey well Maybe you were you don't like him because you're upset that he he was able to take the money, you know, and right. you got cut out of the will essentially. So right. So one of the main points of um, which you find out pretty early on is that Leonard Vol is accused of murder of this, you know, Miss Plim soul, and she happens to be wealthy, and Vol met her pretty, like pretty early or uh, pretty close to her death. Right. No, sorry. It's it's um it's French. Emily oh. French. Emily That's, French, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Not the nurse. Is the nurse, yeah. There's a rich lady named Emily French that Leonard Vole becomes friends with on the street, and of course the rich lady's maid doesn't like him, and then suddenly Emily French is, is killed and murdered, uh, but all of her will is signed to this random guy, Leonard Vole, right? Or a, a large majority of it. Some of it was supposed to go to the maid, and of course the police are like, okay, Random guy barely knows her. Suddenly, all the will goes to this one guy. Like he must be guilty, and that's where the entire court case and the conflict comes together. It's a good premise. It's a really good premise, and I think it's cool that it's written by someone that most people can recognize some of her work with Murder on the Orient Express and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's it's set up well. Um, John William or John Williams, which I thought was so funny that he's an actor. Uh, basically, Wilfred's partner or the other lawyer friend that was supposed to work with him, he he serves as a great character to sort of provide a different perspective to Wilfred's um, defense. And he's uh, there's a lot of comical elements with betting on cigars and things like that with him. Like just all around, like all the characters are very fun to watch, and it just adds to this storyline that is. Um. In, engaging because you want to know what happens, but you're also having so much fun watching the characters. Yeah. All in all. So I do want to get into spoilers. Unless you have anything else to k- say, Cameron, we can dive into them. But um, any any final regards? Should we give our, our watch recommendation? Obviously, I think you know where I'm landing on it. But um, before we spoil the movie, I mean, the credits say don't spoil it. So we're telling you guys. <laughs> yeah. T- well, I would say um, just before we do this, um, you know, there's there's a couple things that we should point out in terms of what makes this a quintessential Wilder movie, um, what makes this sort of uh, classic in his style. I would say, you know, first and foremost is the dialogue, which is so snappy, so witty. It's got tons of double entendre, tons of humor. Um, and, you know, everything kind of means a little bit more than than what it means on the surface, right? So he's he's really well known for for making his characters like that, where you know what they say is not really what you would say in that in that situation, or it, you know it's a little bit heightened from reality. the The dialogue is is very like very quick and witty, which isn't real life. You know, it's not it's not that's not how it would happen in real life, but it very much makes for an entertaining drama. You know it. And and so like 
if the premise sounds very simple, which maybe it is, sure. Um, same with the the last movie, honestly. Same with Double Indemnity, where the premise is pretty simple. But really what hooks you and keeps you engaged is the dialogue is the the characters and you know specifically i think i think how quick and how witty everything is um you know there's like this isn't even one of his comedies it's you know it's pretty much played as a straight mystery crime drama um but there's like several jokes per minute in this movie and it's like it's like shocking how he does that and i think we'll see a little bit more in the future when once we go towards his comedies um you know he always has he's he's always kind of funny um you know he always has some jokes in his movies but really later in his career when he started working with IAL Diamond um that's when he started to make just like straight comedies that were like genuinely funny and he's not there yet um he's he's going to make a movie in Two years after this, um, that's, you know, maybe considered the greatest comedy of all time. So, um, you know, he's he's still in the phase of making straight dramas. And one of the reasons why uh, I wanted to, to talk about Ace in the Hole, why I thought it was an interesting point in his career, is because that's a movie that did really, really poorly, actually. Um, it's remembered as one of his best, and it is. Um, but it's a movie that uh, flopped commercially and critically. You know, p- people didn't like it. And that kind of left him s- like a sour taste um, in in Hollywood. He did – he had like three rises and falls basically in his career. It was like, it was like you know, double indemnity all the way up to um, – all the way up to Sunset Boulevard. And then he makes Ace in the Hole, and it kind of it like tanks his career for a little bit, um, a couple years, and then he makes uh, this movie, and it blows up again, you know. And then he makes he makes f- uh, four or five more movies, um, and after that, you know, basically in the mid '60s, he's persona non grata. You know, they don't they they won't hire him basically, um, and he makes one more movie after that. So. You know, he's a he's an interesting character in that he was kind of an outsider in Hollywood. He was kind of for being known for making like some of the greatest classic Hollywood movies of all time. He was someone who was not really well liked uh, in in the Hollywood machine. Um, So that's just to give you context on where this is in his career. this is him blowing up again after a big, mm. after a big, you know, time period where where he was, you know, a little bit shunned in Hollywood. Are we still planning to watch Ace in the Hole? Um, I'll put it on the uh, I'll put it on the uh, the vote because it's it's curious when you're talking about sort of the audience reaction. You know, I'm not like I mean it's funny that you say like I'm going to become a Wilder expert, right? But I don't <laughs> I don't have like a, a appreciation for diving into these things until i'm really you know breadcrumb fed each individual piece and that's because of you cameron you're a great guru in it all right but i definitely feel that energy because sure double indemnity it didn't blow me away but i thought it was good sunset boulevard i really enjoyed like i really liked it and this movie i feel like that i I mean i didn't know anybody cared about this movie at all (laughs) 
I just watched it. I was like, I love it. Like, I love it. Right. Yeah. And, um, so I, a, a part of me, I guess is a little bummed about Ace in the Hole because it would be interesting if I watched it and I was like, eh, I mean, maybe, maybe I'd like it too. I don't know. I think you um, would. Yeah. I think you would. It's his most, <clears throat> it's, he's got a, so Sunset Boulevard also has a very dark tone, very dark point of view in, uh, you know, it's it's a pretty cynical movie. Um, I would say I would say Ace in the Hole is like his most cynical movie for sure. Oh, okay. um, it's very. Um, it follows a journalist, and it's very much about how he hates and distrusts journalists, <laughs> essentially. And that's okay. one of the reasons why I was panned. You know, yeah. as you can maybe tell. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's interesting context, and I can understand why general audiences would enjoy this one. Like, it's it's a roller coaster for sure. It is. I don't want to spoil this movie for you. I mean, the plot in and of itself is simple. It is so entertaining to watch these characters have big reveal moments, um, especially towards the the latter half of the film. Like, it's um, it's worth it to watch it blind, like I did. Uh, that's all I'll say. Like most of the time. I would comment and say, like, you can watch this movie. Spoilers don't matter. Like, we say that a lot because we watch old movies on this podcast, right? But this one, just stop this here. You can come back to it. You know, you could try the YouTube version of the podcast at 33 minutes or whatever you're at, right? Um, but give it a chance, you know? Cameron, are we going to go into spoilers? Are we going to just give them a chance to dip out now? Yeah, please, please, uh, if you haven't seen it, Please see it. It's free on Pluto TV with ads. Oh, oh! Um, I didn't watch it Why there because did I rent it? Uh, because it has ads, and that's annoying. So, Cameron, when are you gonna give me some of that Patreon cash so I can, like, <laughs> you know, comp some of these rentals, man? Every week you kicking right? me with four dollars, bro. This, this, um, this month in particular is hard because none of it a lot of his movies aren't streaming so you know it's too much quality no i mean come on amazon it was great watching it on amazon so yeah all right that's your last moment for spoilers what an ending what an ending it's like when michael scott says snip snap snip snap snip snap you know from the dinner party episode. Right, yeah. But it's just flip-flop, flip-flop, you know? Like, whoa, what exactly. happened at the end? And I love that they're like, it's over, but is it? But is it, is it? You know, like, there's like... like <laughs> yeah, yeah. You feel a settling, and then Wilfred has that comment where he's like, I'm not satisfied with it. You know, like, I'm not... There's something still off. It's it's tied up too cleanly, and... He's got that feeling. He's like the uh, like the insurance uh, man in in Double Indemnity. You know, he's got that... He's right. got that little feeling in him. Yeah, and I, de- I, I can see sort of major character pillars in Wilfred that also, like, uh, in Double Indemnity, there's that the inspector guy. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the inspector guy that you really root for—that's the good guy, but he's the antagonist, right? Like Wilfred has some of those like just noble elements in him, and it's just amplified, cranked to eleven with character around it, like just like gleaming with life. Um, I, I don't mean to go on and on on Wilfred, but like there was a moment in this film where he's like really having a hard time, like physically with his health in defense, and he 
says this line, despite his like old bitterness where he's like, I will defend this guy. His, his life matters more than mine. Do you know? Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, whoa, like this guy isn't just a angry, unhealthy guy. Like, no, he's a, he's a really noble person. And I think the reveals are almost heartbreaking for him because you find out, of course, that Leonard Vole did kill uh, Emily French, right? Yeah. Which is, you're like, what? Like, I, I was totally charmed by him, you know? Um, I didn't see... Like, I, I could have seen the twist where it was like, Leonard Vole did it, right? Like, I could yeah, have seen exactly. that coming, yeah. right? <laughs> what I didn't understand, or what really blew me away, was um, his wife coming back and saying, I am the greatest actress. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. Like, that yeah. was the moment that I was like, that's a better twist than finding out that he actually did it, right? Because it's 50-50, right? You could be like, well, he either did or didn't. Like, nothing can surprise me in this old movie. But they still go as far as to say, like, no, we'll, we can shock you, you know? Or that the moment where it's like, or that girl that's up in the crowd watching the court case was the girl from the hotel booking thing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I was like, they're giving her a little bit too much camera time. Like, when is she going to come into this? Right. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, and then she runs up to Leonard and then the drama. I love Wilfred's final lines where he's like, that wasn't a murder. That was an execution. I like, know. That, yeah. It's <laughs> such a great moment. Um, in, in the conclusion, but I love the ending and there's a, I guess happy old movie charm to it where he's like, well, on to the next case, but you appreciate his care for like, I mean, it just goes to, to say how good the characters are rounded out. Cause it's like, you just want to see Wilfred defend the wife afterwards, you know, like you want more of the characters and there's not a lot of movies that I'm like, clamoring for a sequel with you know especially <laughs> yeah. that are like that are like great you know most of the time i'm like well you know that that was that was good and it doesn't need to be milked but it was almost the seeping quality that like really drew me to it now um actually i did forget to mention earlier that i was watching some marvel movies because I'm, I'm a casual but one of the things that i love about marvel films is their attention or like powerhouse of like how some of these characters are like like they're bigger than the simple plots and the the structure of the movies like you know robert downey jr as iron man is just electric on screen and i was talking to my brother about it too because we're watching some of this like WandaVision stuff, but it's like you just want more of iron man even if he's been in too many movies like you just love him <laughs> You just love him. Like I, I ended up watching the beginning of Iron Man recently, and just like that, that the the beginning scenes where I was like, I just want peace, baby. You know, like and he like does the rockets, and I'm like, it's just such a great character. You know, yeah. he is fantastic. Wilfred is a great character. Like I just I love him. I love him, and all the reveal and the drama just continues to amplify who he is and how great he is. Like I just. Blown away by it, Cameron. What do you think of the conclusion of this film? Yeah, what was your totally. Take? I agree. Um, you know, with with a lot of these movies or a lot of these 
stories that center around, you know, murder and did he, didn't he, you know, that, that kind of thing. Like, like you said, the conclusion is kind of meh for me. Usually it's like, it's like, okay, you know, you see the evidence stacking up and then, you know, if he, if he did it, then, then fine that he did it. And if he didn't do it, then that's also fine. And usually a lot of times movies won't play it straight. You know what I mean? And, and there's, there's a lot of, not not funny business necessarily, but there's a lot of ways of getting around the sort of straightforward, um, you know, what yeah like. But it was one of the Infinity Stones that actually let Leonard Vole get away. With it. <laughs> no, no, there's there's a way of um, there's a way of of sort of playing to your heartstrings or playing to your preconceived notions about things. And a lot of times movies will will lean into that, lean into that with your, you know, perspective. Uh, I would say a really good example of this, uh, maybe a different example, I guess, is something like Gone Girl. Have you seen Gone Girl? Yeah. No, well, I really enjoy that film too. Yeah, well, spoilers for that, I guess. But, you know, halfway through, you realize, like, oh, he's just being framed the whole time. You know, so, like, so you get this, you get this story in the first half where it's like, oh, did he do this? Oh, now it's like seeming like he might have. Oh, now it's like kind of weird. Like what's, what's going on? And then there's the big boom in the middle where it's like, it's like the, the twist doesn't happen at the end. The twist is, you know, what shows you the rest of the movie, what unlocks the rest of the movie. Um, and, and this movie is interesting because, you get this feeling that that something's not right immediately from the wife. You know, you get you get the feeling that that she's doing something. She's suspicious. She has something, you know, up her sleeve. And and kind of the hook is you really want to know what it is. And even in the end, you know, when he gets gets off, and there's sort of this whole conclusive thing about about her. Uh, her letters and you know she's she's apparently been corresponding about this plot to lie in court and whatever um and you get there and you're like okay but i kind of want to see her tell the story you know i kind of want to see her explain what the what you know what the idea was but right? okay but come on you know like the moment with the letters was so good it was like, awesome yeah like when wilford is holding up the wrong she's like i never would have written that because it's like dang like that i was like that was a convincing moment you know like that totally. was powerful right totally um but but still, I mean, you know, as Wilfred says, he's not satisfied either. You know, he still has something, something bugging him. There's something that's still not not right. And I think you feel that as an audience member too, because you're so you're maybe so in tune with the characters, right? You have this sense that that something's something's a little amiss still. Something's still wrong. And also, the other fact of the matter is you don't know who did it too. You know, that always leaves you a little bit curious in a movie like this where it's like clearly there's going to be um you know they're not going to leave her murder inconclusive you know what i mean so like unless they're going to introduce a new character or unless maybe it was dietrich all along you know maybe it was it was the wife all along 
And there is something tense about going into those final moments. You know, you have you have the moment where where everybody clears out of the courtroom and she gets taken back in and you're like, okay, this is the big reveal. Right. You know, right. and it's totally different from what you you expect. You know, it's totally uh you expect her to explain, like, yes, I tried to set up my husband because he he abused me or something like that. Yep. You know, like there's there's and even being someone who enjoys Billy Wilder movies, there's plenty of those characters in his movies. You know, plenty of characters who are like totally the 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 femme fatale, totally the you know maybe the sinister woman. Uh, he he has pretty much invented that trope in a lot of ways. Um, and in this movie, you get something that is much more endearing when she, when she explains what she did, you know, you're like, you're like, wow, like she actually genuinely loves this person and is willing to do anything for her, for him. Um, and (laughs) the bigger reveal is that he comes down and he totally doesn't care about her, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And yeah. all along, you know, she was the best actress, but he was the best actor, you know? Right, right. And his, um, it, like, it makes you question all those moments, like, in the court case where he's like, no, like, you stop saying a lie, you know? Like, it really changes the the past interactions and has you thinking back on it. And from the moment you see him smiling, um, coming up, like the back like there's like those weird steps like in the accuser booth right? yeah he's in like a box the basically. box yeah they do it differently it's that's a british thing yeah it's it's very interesting i guess visually right but he comes up with that grin you know at the end and you're just like whoa like he is not just charming but like an evil charming you know yeah. and he also has like this very brief line when he's leaving earlier that he says like let's get out of here before they change their mind (laughs) and you're kind of like is that the charming side of him or like yeah who says that it feels like who says that you know like who says that if they um aren't guilt like i don't know like it it was off-putting in that moment um but yeah like so so good at the end with with the reveals and all that, Cameron. I sorry, I I don't mean to like cut you off with my like me gleaming and all that. But no, no, no. Um, honestly, I don't know what else to say other than it's it's brilliantly executed. The you know, obviously there's twists along the way. There's there's certainly you know there's. I would say in in these movies, it's important to have like little twists or little hooks um, that kind of draw you back into the story or draw you further into the story. You know, I think one of them is when they find out that that she was married to someone else. Um, Right. You know, then another another one is when they they call her on the stand on the witness stand because they, you know, they had decided or the. you know, the defense decided that they weren't going to bring her up and the prosecution decided that they could because she wasn't actually married to him. Um, right. Which is a brilliant little, that's like a little mini twist in some ways. Um, and so there are those moments along the way, but I think 
the cascading effect of um, finding out that he did it, finding out that she was was playing a part all along, and then finding out that he was also just playing a part and doesn't even care about about her. You know, like <laughs> like there's there's an amazing sort of triple threat of 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 twists at the end. So I really think that my closing thoughts and consideration around this film comes all back to Wilder in character because it's really began to have me reflect on what I love in film. And I had a conversation with Juzo a few episodes back and I know I, I touched on it um, in the episodes leading up to this one, but like sort of that, process as an audience member that like really hooks you and maybe this is a subjective element but i almost feel like it's an objective flex if you can pull it off like wilder does like just the power of just like excellent characters excellent characters and and it's more than just like having good writing or witty comments because every marvel character has a witty comment do you know what i mean yeah but not every character is Iron Man, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, not you don't really want to see more of Captain Marvel. You're fine without her, you know? Like, she has a witty comment that does not make a good character, you know? Right. Like, it's this perfect um, blending of the actor or actress diving headfirst into the shoes of that, that character, all the lines hitting in a moment of, like, believability, um, it's still kind of turned up to 11 because nobody actually talks like that, but it's grounded in the fact of all the other supporting casts, like really embracing kind of the extreme delivery of all these things. Like everybody is in it. They're on the level, you know? And I'm, I don't know why I'm bringing this up with Marvel films, but I've been watching them recently where it's like, you have all these big actors and actresses, they're playing off witty comments, but they don't all stand alone. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't stand like, so, uh, you know, they got to have some like supporting roles. Right. And it's okay to have like good supporting characters. You know, I think Paul Rudd as Ant-Man is a great supporting character. Like you, you'd like to see more of him, even Spider-Man. Right. I know I'm, I'm just bringing this to like more of a modern context. Right. I think where modern movies fail is like, it's true, but some characters just don't have the guns, you know? They just don't have it. And the reason I wanted to bring up this conversation about, like, the hook is Wilfred took me off guard from the beginning. Yeah. Wilfred, from the beginning, had me saying, I'm willing to sit here for another 30 minutes and find something more that I like, you know? But it took 30 seconds for me to say that. And there's a lot of old movies that we watch on this show that I don't have that fast of a hook in me. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, even Sunset Boulevard was slower than this, right? Um, I think it took me to about like five, ten minutes in. Uh, the intro is kind of cool with the pool and all that, but once you really start seeing the weird house and the monkey and stuff, that's where I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I can exactly. get into this, right? Um, but yeah, uh. Man, I just, I'm a big Wilford guy. Like, I, I don't know how much more I can hit on it, but it's like characters are, I think, easily 
neglected for these large plot devices or weird set pieces and film. But I think it's just such a heart in movies. And, and to add on to that, like it has a power to catch audience members in almost an objective fashion in my view. Right. Like it, if you can have a great character, almost everything else doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like in some ways. Yeah. In some ways. So, I mean, I think I think really what you're hitting on and I don't know, I do want to we should continue talking about what makes Wilfred such a good character, because I think I think it's really, like you said, a combination of everything. Right. There's the um, of course, he's witty and of course, he has amazing dialogue. You know, there's there's many, many laugh out loud moments with Wilfred, you know, totally being abusive to his nurse um, and, <laughs> you know, and, and sh- her taking it, you know, and there's like there's like the, the back and forth between them. That is that is hilarious, obviously. Um, but he's not just witty comments. You know, he's not he's not just defined by the fact that he, you know, he makes a joke every now and then he has. Um, it's like there's, there's his dialogue, which is incredible. Um, there's also his, he has, you know, a lot of older movies will have like a character is defined by one action or a character is defined by sort of one thing that they do over and over again to get you sort of, um, in the mind of, of that you know, that character, even in double indemnity, it's, it, you know, it's the lighter or it's the, uh, the match, you know, he's, he strikes a match with his, uh, his, his thumb and whatnot. And, and that's kind of played off of in, in the experience of those two characters in the movie. Um, and, and in this movie, he has like, he has like four or five things that he does consistently that is both charming and, hilarious and also like it gets you in the mind of that character you know it gets you into the the headspace of the character one obviously is is his 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 trick with his monocle you know that right. he does consistently throughout um to to sort of cross-examine the the uh, the people he's talking to um another one is is his constant need for cigars and then the you know so so that's those are the two things right there's dialogue there's these sort of quirks or these these character actions that are consistently applied that are sort of brought back to over and over again and then where i think wilder goes above and beyond is he uses both of those things to point the character in a direction um of the story right he uses both the dialogue uh, obviously in the in the courtroom sequences he uses the dialogue you know a lot to to sort of flourish his um his point and and you know make it punchier make it stronger um and he's he's really good at that um and then one thing that i noticed that that really like caught me off guard and that that struck me as something incredible in the script is at the end you remember he um, he sits down and he's sort of contemplating what he's done by, and this is the end. This is like when they're, the jury hasn't rolled in yet before he gets the letters, right? He's sort of contemplating, like, I don't know if this is going to go through. I don't know if we've hit it yet. It's a, it's basically a closed case at this point. You know, they're going to convict him and he, he sits down and, and they offer him a cigar and he says, no, thanks, you know? And so like, there's, there's that moment of, 
he is, you know, there's an there's a reversal in his actions or there's a reversal in his sort of character quirks that make you that lean you into the story, you know, lean you into where the story is going. And then obviously once he gets that phone call and he's like I'm a, I'm too old and in too poor health to go gallivanting on a goose chase. Um and then he gets right up and he says, it's cigar. And he, you know, yeah. they walk outside and it's, it's amazing. You know, there's, there's that sort of, so that's, that is what I would say is the trifecta of finding a great Billy Wilder character. It's, um, you have the dialogue that is poignant and that is, that is punchy. Um, you have sort of the, the recurring character quirks or the, you know, recurring actions that a character takes. And then both of those are pointed towards servicing the story, servicing that that feeling of of driving the the, the movie forward, driving the characters forward, um, and and yeah, I think we're gonna just see more and more of that too. So, I think one of the the aspects of Wilfred that resonated with me, and I think you probably touched on it already, but he is. He has quirks, but it doesn't define like his, I guess, overall goal. And it's almost like a, um, it's what, because I've been trying to think of a term that I want to label it as. I'm, I'm not a character writer, right? But I, I almost consider it like a tragic honor where it's like he, no matter the cost, right? No matter his own um, health his own desire for a cigarette, right? His own, like, it doesn't matter. Like, he is sworn to this calling in his life to do this thing, right? Um, and at the end, you realize it's not even about the money. It's really, it really does come down to a level of justice, too. Mm -hmm. Because his final statements is that he wants to defend um, Christine Vole, right? Like, uh, that he's just like, if she isn't, she's not guilty, I will defend her, like, to the best of my ability. You know, like, he is um, driven by truth, I guess, truth and justice, right? Um, in a crippling manner, right? Like, he's falling apart in that. And I just think that's a, um, I, it resonates with me, personally, because I think a lot of people are, like drawn by these certain things that they think are good, right? That that are like uh, non-negotiables that need to be completed, right? In the moment and it drives them to the edge. Um, I just think there's so much complexity that you can pull apart from that in the fact that he poured himself into something that was wrong, right? And, and in a way like twisted, but he gets up back again and still like swears to try again and do it like it's it's a curse but it's like there's a noble side to it you know yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely um i don't know is there is there anything else you want to hit on this movie is for everyone that's my rating just go watch it man like it's awesome if hopefully you watched it before the spoilers tim smith probably listened to the spoilers and now he's gonna watch it um one of our patreons shout out to you tim um yeah, so even if you watch the spoilers, like the characters will, the movie, like that was the other thing is like this movie didn't feel long to me, not at all. Like it was very, very entertaining to watch all the way through. Yeah, um, 
yeah, it was just pleasantly surprised. Probably my favorite film by Wilder that I've seen. Even how about in the ranking of of the movies we've watched? Oh boy, As, this is my problem is that we've watched so many at this point. It's like, what are the ones that I really enjoyed? You know, you really I'd, loved the the Great Dictator. Yes. And I think the Great Dictator has a visual popcorn um, element that comes in with this strong, like intellectual powerhouse of a speech at the end. Like, like that movie is like we're gonna get you with the dumbest humor from the very beginning <laughs> and take you on a journey to like absolute seriousness. I think that's like to me, I was like, oh, it's a masterpiece. You know, like such yeah. incredible execution. Like this movie. It is more subtle than that. I think it's like, okay, we have a little bit of goofy, quirky stuff. Um, we're going to make sure you're bought into the characters. You want to know what happens. We'll take you on a ride. It is almost popcorn, but there's this um, heavy attention on excellent character writing. Just great performances. Like It's quality through and through, and there's no black and white, old-looking movie thing that can block that from its greatness you know like as much as i'm biased against that like it cannot hide its its excellence and i'm just i'm shocked by like i was i was like wow dude cameron like what a great choice and then on saturday when we're supposed to record you're like i haven't even seen it i'm like well you should you know like it's it's great so watch this movie yeah yeah, it's very funny. It's serendipitous, I would say, because I I really really enjoyed it. It was one that that I didn't watch in class, um, you know. I don't know that that class is funny was funny for me because it was really one of my favorite, um, well, one of my favorite subjects, uh, and it also was kind of an extremely frustrating experience at some points, um, because we would we would like. We would talk about Wilder a lot, but it always was like couched in uh, like other surrounding things, I guess. Like, you know, he, it was, I wanted more of the, the straight like movie analysis in that class. And yeah, so that's, that's kind of the one thing I was missing from it. But genuinely, it made me interested and in love with this filmmaker who, you know, I had seen Sunset Boulevard, but that, that was it, you know, before that I was, I was totally not well versed. Um, and it's funny because as I mentioned before, he really, I think he's like, he's, he's really underrated. I would say, um, if you, if you list the movies that are like genuine classics of his, he has like such a track record. Like, you know, it's, it's like, uh, he, he's, I don't know if he's like he's like Hitchcock level, but he basically is, you know, in in the amount of movies that he's made that have become genuine classics. Um, he's up there with almost anybody. And he's someone who is not never in the conversation for for sort of, you know, best directors or never in the conversation for, you know, the, in the golden age of Hollywood, you know, the, this this classic director. And I think I think that's a shame because I I really I want him to be celebrated more. I think he deserves it. Um, he got shafted during his lifetime, and I feel like he's he's continued to be, uh, you know, under underrated. So, hey, I'm I'm being convinced right now, Cameron. Like I I was 
nervous going into this month because um, Sunset Boulevard, like it has the name, it has like I was like that one I know, and I've seen now, even though I hadn't have seen it like when we started this show, but um, yeah, I just I don't know if I like. I was like, is there anything else that I'm going to know? Especially after Double Indemnity, which was not bad. I was like, okay, it was just all right. You know, like it was just fine. It was good. Um, But I'm in it, guys. You got to give Wilder a chance. That's all I'm going to say. You got to give him a chance. Um, And this one, watch this movie. Just watch it. That's how I I feel it. Definitely. Um, Yeah, I think one of the things that I just want to touch on on Wilder as we close up here I keep hitting it over and over again, like the character, character, character thing. We usually do shot of the film in this show, and I literally cannot think of a shot in this movie that is like visually exciting. It has a very flat look, I think, and it's because the characters are centerpieces, right, for for the movie. And in my mind, you know, you, you compare some other great filmmakers to Wilder, like they're known for those shots, you know, they're known for those like glorious like frames that could be hung in paintings, right? And this movie doesn't need that, and it stands so strong without it. Um, and I think my worry when you mentioned that was I was like, oh no, but I can't think of a like great framing. And then I thought of Sunset Boulevard, which is just iconic looking. Like there totally. are just <laughs> some incredible looking shots in that. Uh, the pool will forever haunt me, that empty pool at her house, right? Yeah. And the monkey funeral casket, <laughs> all that stuff. The smoke room. There's so many I've seen that movie once. I I'm already telling you a bunch of things that are uh, visual. It's like he's been there, he's done that, he doesn't need to do it. Like the characters are where he like is strong. Right? Definitely. And I would say he's he's more of in some ways more of a writer than a director. Um and I wouldn't I wouldn't say that's necessarily true, but visually I think you're right that that he has kind of an understated style in a lot of ways. Um, which is totally fine. A lot of directors have an understated style, but what makes him such an effective director is the way that he gets his his actors to portray the characters. You know, he is he is an actor's director uh, through and through, a hundred percent. He's someone who draws out an incredible performance out of basically thin air essentially like we'll see when we when we get to our next movie um he had a lot of struggles with the lead actress and um it's it's funny considering that it's one of it's her greatest role ever um and it was something that that was like it literally pained him to do essentially <laughs> um, but he was he was able to to draw it out and you know he's known for working with you know similar um you know actresses he he's known for working with sort of similar characters and similar actors in in a lot of ways um this is a good one because it stands out cuz Wilfred is such a different character for him I would say in a lot of ways um but at the same time he he brings like everybody's performance is is their a game you know he there's there's i don't know i think as much as i love the look of you know a lot of his movies it's not really what's most important um and yeah i i think i think this is definitely one where that's that's the case 
So, yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, apparently, Alfred Hitchcock uh, has said that um, he he really liked this movie, first of all. But he said that um, people always thought it was a Hitchcock movie. <laughs> wow. Um, which is really what a compliment. I mean, you know, yeah. So, yeah, I can see there's a little bit of that, like messed up twist, especially with the the execution at the end, which yeah. I'm like, woo, the action. I'm in it. <laughs> the yeah. stab this is kind of a weird stabbing, but you know, it, I know he just done. dies immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so, well, yeah, never mind. What what do you mean? Never I was mind? gonna I was gonna spoil something else, but oh, no, okay, don't do it. Not, don't do it. Not worth. All right. Well, uh if you're excited to continue to participate with us uh in Wilder Month, we post every Monday and you can now watch it as well, as Cameron said. Any closing thoughts, Cameron? You want to tell the audience what they can watch next week with us? Yes, so we are going to be doing our commentary track on Some Like It Hot, which is um, considered one of the funniest movies of all time. It's also, cons- well, I wouldn't say funniest movies. It's considered one of the greatest comedies of all time, I will say. Well, that's um, coming from the guy that laughed at the word bazinga. So, you know, well, I don't know if you can take this expert <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I laughed because it was so unexpected for you. Um, I just didn't. I had never pictured those words coming out of your mouth. Um, well, we'll see if well, there's even a show next Monday now. If it, Cameron ever texts me back no. ever again. <laughs> no, no. I'm really excited to watch it with you because it will, you know, we'll be together. It's really just an over the top movie. It's ridiculous. Um, and it will, it's the first of his movies that will show his less serious side, um, which I think will be a good sort of switch up in this, uh, in this month. So for sure. Well, awesome. All right. Till next week, guys. We will see you then. And keep watching some great Wilder films. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast executive produced by Darren O'Neill. If you want your name read in the credits of the show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions to achieve this status. Thank you, Darren, for the support. And for the rest of you, we appreciate your support as well. Have a good one.